Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for this episode on well-being and resiliency in pharmacy practice. This podcast is a forum where you can listen in as members share successful strategies on wellness and resiliency in both their personal and professional lives. My name is Katie Derry. I am the Director of Clinical Pharmacy Programs at University of California Health. I sit on the ASHP section of Clinical Scientists and Specialists Year-Round Education Committee, and I'm a new member of the ASHP Commission on Credentialing, and I will be your host for today's episode. With me today are Mandy Brown, Director of Residency Programs at University of California San Francisco Medical Center, as well as Olivia Collins and Sydney Harrison, both PGY1 residents at Nebraska Medicine. Thank you for joining us today, Mandy, Olivia, and Sydney. Let's get started talking about today's topic, incorporating residency well-being into your residency program structure. So during mid-year 2021, Accreditation Services released the updated draft standards and interpretive guidance for public comment. These new standards are slated to go into effect with the incoming class of 2023. New to the draft standard was an emphasis on residents' wellness and resilience. Specifically, residency program directors should assess resident wellness and resilience at the start of their residency as a part of the initial and quarterly development plan. The draft standard also encourages preceptor education on burnout syndrome, the risks, and mitigation strategies. Finally, the draft standard also charges pharmacy leaders with overseeing the hiring, development, and support of an inclusive pharmacy workforce that is best able to positively impact the health and wellness of patients for whom pharmacists provide care. Mandy, I know you've been working on this very topic at UC San Francisco for a while now. What are your thoughts on the changes to the proposed harmonized standard? Well, first, Katie, thanks so much for having me here. I'm really uh, delighted to be able to share some of the initiatives that we've taken at UCSF Medical Center on this topic. Uh, And really, I think that this has been such an important and really timely addition to the accreditation standard. So I was really pleased to see this in the updated draft standard that was released for public comment. I think that first and foremost, it really shifts from an individual level responsibility of taking ownership of your own burnout and wellness to one of shared ownership on behalf of the program and of the institution. And I think that that's really reflective of the current state in healthcare. There's a lot of literature to support, you know, institutional level interventions are much more effective than individual level. And so I think it also really helps to encourage more of a holistic approach to resident training. So instead of us just being so focused on that clinical management and you know medication use and outcomes, we're looking at the totality of the person. Uh, and that is really something that we wanna hopefully implore more within the culture of our pharmacy profession. And I think it's also really important for the residency program directors and coordinators and preceptors to also really help set the tone and culture of the program. I think that there are a lot of really simple things that you can do to start to get at some of these pieces. Um, You know, even simple things like encouraging vacation leave can sometimes seem like such a novel concept during residency training, but really encouraging individuals to take the time out that they need to recharge and really be the best version of themselves. And I think that, uh, you know, as leaders within the organization, you can really lead by example with your own self-care too. I think those are really helpful points that I think the standard is really pointing to with the updates. All great points. Uh, What types of programming have you incorporated into your program for resident wellness and resilience? 
Well, we developed a resident well-being program a few years back. Um, and in our current state, we hold a monthly session that all of our residents attend. So we lump it into our, our monthly leadership board meeting is what we call it. But we always reserve time anywhere from an hour to two hours, depending on the session, to focus on different aspects of well-being. And so in our program, we specifically look at three different pillars is what we call it of, of well-being. So one being self-management, the second being resilience, and then the third, and probably the resident's favorite, is community building, which, uh, you know, really can't be understated enough. But so, you know, for uh, self-management, for example, we really see this as the ability to self-manage, and it's really a fundamental requirement in order to empower individuals to be successful, you know, focusing on opportunities for self-discovery and, and reflection. And there are a lot of different examples of what we do in this category. Some would be, you know, popular book clubs, like Crucial Conversations or Emotional Intelligence. You know, what can that teach our resident trainees and how can they incorporate that both into their personal lives, but also into their professional lives? We take some tips from the seven habits of highly effective people and we have them write a personal mission statement at the end of the year. We do different types of, you know, personality assessments. So things like Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder. And this is also where we, uh, you know, encourage a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion training for our trainees as well. So, you know, all of these are really just to help them get to know themselves better and have more self-awareness so that they can better manage, you know, the stressors that are both within their professional life as well as per, uh, personally. And then the second pillar would be resilience. So we do have a number of faculty members that are really passionate about this area. So we've been very grateful for their incorporation into our programs. But these are sessions that are really focused on mindfulness-based stress reduction techniques. And we have different educational programs to really help improve communication skills and personal coping strategies. So, you know, starting with things like appreciation and gratitude and how far that can take you just in terms of your mindset, especially when you're coming up against tough obstacles throughout the residency year. We do a lot about practicing mindfulness and breathing techniques or even really how to reframe stress, which is so much about what the working world is, is, you know, how can you change your perspective when you're approaching difficult situations? And then lastly, you know, is community building, as I mentioned before, and I think that this is something that is probably a great first step, even for programs that are looking to start to do something. This is probably something that you're already doing, but it's something important to highlight. So, you know, burnout is less likely to occur when you have a really positive and supportive working environment. So focus on connecting with others, you know, fostering a sense of community, providing recognition to peers, all of those things really go a long way. So I think holding welcome events, you know, taking your residents out to dinner, if that's, you know, within your, the means of the program, having holiday gatherings, anything like this, end of year celebrations, these are all, you know, great punctuated points throughout the residency year that can really help to build that community environment. But, you know, I think another thing to, to add, because I realize it can be a little bit overwhelming when I go through like all the things that we've done. And I would emphasize this has taken years in the making to get to the point that we're at. There's a lot that just within your institutional and program that you can really help to emphasize that residents can access probably like here now and, and today. So, I mean, Things like vacation and sick leave, that's something to really share and to emphasize with them the appropriate use of those 
of that reserved time for them. Even, you know, likely everyone has health benefits. And so access to counseling services is something that, you know, can be emphasized or gym memberships. Many institutions have, you know, discounted gym memberships throughout your organization or even financial wellness. You know, oftentimes there can be resources about, you know, student loan repayment or retirement planning, which can all be, you know, low-lying stressors as we're transitioning into the working world. So I think that looking at your institution and what do you already have in place that you can share with your residents can be really important as well. I'll say as a former uh, PGY2 RPD at UCSD, I have been the recipient of a couple of Mandy's graduates, and I can identify how well these three pillars have been incorporated into those residents' training. They definitely bring with them a more holistic approach to residency training, and I can't emphasize enough how important I think it is. So great job, Mandy. Have you done anything to incorporate resident wellness and resilience into your initial and quarterly development plans? We have. Yeah. So, you know, for our initial meeting, when I'm sitting down with residents during the orientation period, I'm really focusing on just understanding their support system. And I think that's really important as an RPT to get an understanding of who's going to help this resident throughout the year outside of the walls of your institution? Who are their friends and their family and who are they connected to? Just so that you have a, a sense of when they are you know, reaching some tough points, who they might be connecting with and relying upon. I think it's also a really great opportunity to start to highlight some of the importance of self-care and some of your expectations for them throughout the year. You know, these are things that you really do have to say. You know, if you're feeling stressed at a level of, you know, you name it, I want you to come to me. I have an open door policy. You know, these are things that we we need to talk about. So really inviting them in for discussion, I think is is such a key part. And then thereafter, at each of our quarterly meetings, you know, I do use the quarterly meetings, of course, to assess their progress throughout the residency year and, you know, achievement towards the learning objectives. But it's also an opportunity to really assess for signs and symptoms of burnout and to develop a plan accordingly. So I do actually have them take an assessment of their own well-being. There are so many that are out there, but I happen to use the well-being index for pharmacists. Um, Again, I would encourage people to look up others, but well-being index has been an easy free tool that we've utilized in recent years. And the results are completely confidential, so I don't even mandate for them to tell me the results, but I do encourage them to share their self-assessment. So is this where you think that you should be at or where you thought you would be at? Sometimes they're surprised, um, and most often it's when their well-being is lower than what they thought it would be, and that can be really informative. And oftentimes their self-reflections reflect that in which they're saying, gosh, I didn't realize, you know, how high risk I was for burnout. But now that I think about it, I I really am. And I need to do some different things and practice some different tools moving forward to make sure to correct that. So I think it's just a really great opportunity to open up dialogue with your resident um, on an ongoing basis and make sure that they have a good sense of their own self-care tools and what needs to be done to adjust and, you know, to tailor the program accordingly for them. I also happen to have them critically reflect on a prompt in advance of their quarterly meeting. So I want to kind of just get further insight to how they're doing outside of their well-being index. So some examples might be, 
you know, describe one thing that you failed at in the past quarter and what did you learn from it? Or, um, you know, what stressors are you experiencing and are there any coping measures that you're utilizing? So again, just, you know, opportunities for us to get further insight to one another and kind of how they're managing so that we can help to progress them throughout the residency year. What about programming for preceptor education? We know that the RPDs are more in tuned with the residents, but preceptors sometimes can really have a a vision of what's going on in their rotation or their learning experience, but not as much about the holistic residency program. So have you done anything in this area for preceptors? Yeah, you know, so specific for preceptors, you know, we've really been able to offer all of the same resilience sessions to our preceptor group. So the same, you know, programming and education that we give to the residents, we've really leveraged that to our preceptors because in the first couple of years, we're really just piloting with the residents, but we had all the preceptors saying, hey, what about us? We want to, we want to learn more about that too. And, you know, I think that that's really important because it, it doesn't just contain, you know, the wellness talks and, you know, the focus on well-being and resilience within the residency program. You need to make sure that everyone in your department is really speaking the same language and has the same culture in mind. And so I think by leveraging some of those tools and really revealing some of those tools to our preceptors has been really powerful so that we're more on the same page in terms of what our expectations are and how we're managing some of these uh, instances. And I think also with that, really encouraging open communication, uh, particularly with the residency program directors when residents are struggling or they seem to be needing more support. I think by putting yourself out there as you know leaders within the residency program and inviting people to please reach out to me if you notice XYZ, or, you know, if, if this is happening, please make sure that I'm aware. It's just helped to better connect us, I think, as um, individuals that are overseeing the residents, but also allowing the preceptors to incorporate it into their own practices. You know, we do have preceptor town halls as well. So these are also good opportunities to get an understanding of the need for preceptor development in the upcoming year. So I think that these are great opportunities to plug in some programming for preceptor education. So maybe shifting a little bit away from just, you know, clinical teaching skills, but also focusing on more of the resilience and self-management things. We've done sessions about StrengthsFinder, for example, with preceptors as well, so that everyone's, you know, on the same page and um, has the same resources available to them. So Olivia and Sydney, what are your biggest stressors as residents? How does your program at Nebraska Medicine help you address them? Yeah, so that's a great point and something that comes up pretty often. Um, so we did kind of a um, like a pulse check or a wellness survey within our institution. Um, and what they found was, and this may not be super surprising, but the main reason for burnout and stress among residents was workload. And so um, our big thing has been trying to work with that and try to figure out how we can work towards a conclusion and make sure that the workload isn't contributing to excessive burnout in uh, our residency. So one of the main ways that our um, program compensates this by is project days. So with workload being like the biggest contributing factor, sometimes it's helpful to just have like a day away from rotation and just saying, okay, I have this amount of time to get on top of some of my tasks, get a little bit more caught up. um, And I feel that that really uh, contributes to like feeling of empowerment. And it's very encouraging for me to like just have some time, get on top of things, get caught back up. And then I can go into my rotations the next day um, and feel a lot better about what I'm doing personally and um, a lot less stressed out and maybe a little bit less burnt out. Um, so that's been really great. And one of the things that 
I think is has been great that's implemented in our program. Also having a strong community of support has contributed greatly to resident wellness within our program. So some ways that we have worked to address this is quarterly resident outings. Um, so being able to spend some time dedicated with our peers to just like hang out, stop thinking about work um, and just being able to enjoy each other's presence, you know, the year goes really quickly um, and who knows where we're all gonna end up next year. So having some time to spend with them is really rejuvenating and uh, contributes to our wellness pretty significantly. Uh, we do also have monthly chief meetings. So we have a chief resident role within our program that they kind of serve as a liaison between um, the residents and the residency advisory committee. And so these meetings, um, we have them once a month and they're just like a safe time to vent or share any concerns that we have. Um, and then we can kind of bounce ideas off of each other and work together to find ways to solve them. Or if there's anything that needs to be presented to the residency advisory committee for concerns that we have, our chief resident can do that. And so it creates a, a good environment to feel heard and then also to get some solutions for some problems that we're having. Uh, we also have consistent preceptor check-ins. And so I personally feel like having preceptors check in with like my mental health and workload has been so, so helpful. Um, even just asking how things are going or acknowledging that our workload is pretty high is like very validating and um, being able to have that conversation about realistic expectations and all the other things that I have going on um, allows for, I think, a successful rotation for us both to be on the same page about all these things that I have going on and um, how we can best achieve the goals of the rotation um, and balance things appropriately. We also have um, daily RPD check-ins, which we have like more formally, formal quarterly check-ins, uh, but our RPD does a great job of just saying good morning. And I think that him being present just every day um, really facilitates uh, an open conversation about wellness and burnout and provides a supportive environment and uh, makes it seem more friendly and that he's like in our corner. And so that's always been very nice. Um, and then finally, uh, a thing that I think our program does well to support resident, resident resilience is seeking feedback and adjusting when able. So we do like overnight call shifts uh, and we used to have a resident do them every single day. And so we provided some feedback that on Sundays when we come into rotation after a weekend, there's oftentimes um, like a higher patient workload and things like that. And it was difficult to catch up with that. And so we provided that feedback to them and uh, they were able to listen to that. And so now it's like no on call on Sundays. Uh, it's not always possible to you know, make all changes, but it's good to uh, provide feedback and having someone listen to you and know that they're listening to you uh, is very helpful as well. And I think another one of our biggest stressors is expectations, at least for myself. I know I set really high expectations and Mainly, it can be within our own minds as residents as we set really high expectations for ourselves in residency, but there's also so much external support here at Nebraska Medicine to help us manage these as the program recognizes that this is a common stressor for residents. And so a few ways that I've seen them do this is by establishing mentors. So I know a lot of programs establish a general mentor um, and at Nebraska Medicine, we also have mentors for about everything that we do longitudinally in addition to our monthly preceptors. So we have a staffing mentor, PGR, or our pharmacy grand rounds mentor, on-call research. And so these are people that outside of just checking in with you about those duties, they kind of help you when you're feeling a bit down or like you aren't performing how you thought. 
And so these are some of my biggest encouragers that have provided support or have said that good job that sometimes we all need. I know when I go to check in with my research mentor, we'll talk through my updates, where I am. And then at the end of every session, she asks, okay, well, I'm not just your research mentor. I'm also your life mentor and ask me how I'm doing. And so I think that can help a lot is just having someone really encourage you and tell you that you are doing okay. And we also, like Mandy said, have a preceptor development series here. And so they discuss effective ways to precept, how to set and manage expectations and personalize rotations to residents' needs, and then also recognize and address resident burnout. And so I know we have very, very um, de devoted preceptors here that really take our wellness seriously and check in almost daily in my experience. And then lastly, um, PAT, or RPD, serves as a support system in every aspect, as Olivia alluded to. And so he sets overall expectations for the residency and knowing um, that this expectation is reasonable and you are appreciated carries forward in all work. It's inspiring to listen to you guys talk about your program. In light of the stressors you just discussed, how do you maintain your resiliency? So we often use the phrase, what fills our buckets? So everyone has like a personal bucket and um, finding things that fills your bucket and makes you feel good uh, is a great way to remain uh, resilient um, and make sure that you are getting all the self-care that you need and the support that you need for yourself. So some things that fill my bucket, we are often encouraged to take at least one evening a week to just focus on like nothing but ourselves, nothing residency related and just focus on filling your bucket. Um, so I like to relax. And so I'm like a big bubble bath gal laying outside in the sun if the weather is nice. I also like to call my parents and my grandparents. I moved away for residency to a new state uh, with no family here. So getting in touch with family back home um, also helps me to maintain my resiliency. Um, and then I think our class has done a good job of being social and hanging out with each other, even if, you know, we are maybe a little bit stressed. I find that I'm often um, very motivated by spending some quality time with my co-residents um, and that really fills my bucket. So what fills my bucket is very similar to Olivia as well. So spending time with my co-residents because I moved here from Mississippi um, and I knew absolutely no one, but I specifically chose <laughs> programs with large residency classes because I was like, those will be my built-in friends. And I felt comfortable coming here knowing no one because during the interview, I felt such an environment of support and that's really carried through. And so luckily our co-residents were all very close with one another and outside of our quarterly planned outings when we none of us have to staff, we make a lot of time to spend time with one another and really build those connections as many of us are away from our families. And so I also was able to visit my family recently. So Pat is a big encourager of wellness here, our RPD. And so he gave me the leeway to work our management rotation virtually. And so I was able to visit my family in Mississippi just last month. And then lastly, just making time for myself each day to kind of rest my mind and reset. So during our quarterly development plans, Pat always asks us each month what our stressors are and how we manage them. And I think just giving myself at least an hour every day to say, I'm not going to look at my email. I'm not going to do any work. I'm not going to read any articles. I'm just going to give myself this time to do whatever I need and kind of reset is really important to me. And so also we have several established resources here at Nebraska Medicine outside of our own residency program support. And so a lot of these resources were established at baseline during our orientation so that wellness was immediately made a priority 
And we have two different programs specifically. So we have a house officer assistance program where you can be connected with a therapist or a counselor. And this program is designed specifically for residents, both medical and pharmacy. And a representative from this program actually came to our orientation and gave us her personal information. And this is a resource that I know has been used by multiple residents and has really made an impact. And we also have the employee assistance program, which is open to any employees here at Nebraska Medicine. And then during our orientation, we also have a mindfulness lecture. So we did a little meditation session during this, and we're able to kind of identify ways that we could practice wellness um, and that would lead to resiliency. So a kind of final thing that I think helps me maintain my resiliency, um, as we kind of alluded to earlier, is also just having like a solid support system with our mentors, as Sydney mentioned, um, and described very well, and our RPD. Uh, just, I feel like the welcoming environment really stood out to me and was something that um, has been present throughout the entire uh, residency so far. And it uh, really contributes to uh, my well-being and relieving stress and knowing that I have people in my corner um, also helps keep me resilient. How does your program measure the wellness of residents? Yeah, so earlier I uh, kind of alluded to a survey that was put out by our organization to assess the health of our pharmacy department and then within that specifically residents. Um, so it was an anonymous survey, uh, so respondents don't have to be concerned with anything like negative coming from any responses that they may have. So um, that was nice. Uh, and in addition to providing information to like the managers and other pharmacy leaders within the department, for me, it was a really good opportunity to just take the time to reflect on how I'm actually doing um, instead of just trying to uh, kind of like move throughout my days. So I think we did it in November. So we were like right in the throes of you know, getting our research product started. We are now on um, our like third or fourth rotation. Things are really piling up. We're moving throughout the year. So it was a good time to like just take a second and uh, really assess my feelings um, and my burnout level and take a step back and acknowledge at what level of burnout I'm at, what's contributing to it and how it can work to resolve it. So that was a nice way for the pharmacy department and then Nebraska Medicine as a whole to uh, check in with us and see how we're doing. And they have used that information to uh, within the department to start the discussion of how we can improve wellness and resiliency within our department. And with our development plans, we don't necessarily have a quantitative measurement, but a qualitative measurement where our RPD is able to check in with us, ask what our major stressors are each quarter and what strategies we use to manage stress, like I mentioned earlier. And so our RPD uses this time to do a quote unquote wellness check and ask what he can do to help. And like Mandy mentioned, Pat, our RPD also asks us each quarter who our support system is and who we re relied on most during each phase. And so you can tell throughout the entire development plan and those quarterly meetings that Pat is mainly concerned with our progress in relation to our well-being. And at the risk of sounding a little bit like a broken record here, um, one of the things that I do I've mentioned a little bit earlier, but I want to continue to emphasize the value in creating relationships um, and allowing residents to feel heard and provide them with a safe space to discuss any workload or burnout concerns and work together towards a solution that works for everyone is uh, a good way to continue to measure wellness and just have those daily check-ins or however often you can is a good way to just in real time evaluate the workload and burnout and kind of work towards solutions. So in your perspective or from your perspective, what kind of qualities make for a resilient resident? 
So I think there are many qualities that can make for a resilient resident, but there are a few that Olivia and I identified that we think have really helped us. And so one of the biggest ones for me has been adaptability. So residency throws a lot at you on things that you don't necessarily suspect, expect or plan. And so I think just being able to take opportunities or obstacles as they come and being able to adapt to them is really key to resiliency. So you don't necessarily get knocked down by it. Or if you do, you're able to get back up. And so by being adaptable, you're less likely to get stuck or you're able to identify methods to help overcome that issue. And I think a key here is having that supportive network and that we have at Nebraska Medicine so that you have the resources that have been told to you. And so you know where to go to seek help and you know that no matter how stuck you are, you will find a way out. Another kind of quality that I think makes for a resilient resident is just kindness. Um, So kindness is something that we talk a lot about in our development series and being kind to one another, uh, we talk about as being a choice um, and something that can kind of create a supportive environment for everyone. And it Within our residency class, I think we've done a good job of being kind to one another, and it kind of eliminates this competitiveness or any kind of tensions between residents. If you you make the choice to be kind and the choice to be supportive, it just creates a very overwhelmingly positive environment and allows for everyone to thrive um, and get their um, problems addressed and allow for a safe space event and overall just makes for a great quality for a successful resident and a resilient resident um, that will be able to continue to uh, persevere throughout the year in spite of you know all these different stressors. And another one we identified is being reflective. So I think this kind of goes back to our development plans where we are constantly reflecting on what we did in the past quarter, but recognizing what your stressors are and what strategies are effective for you is really important so that you can then identify how to overcome them. I also want to throw this question over to Mandy, because I think this is a really important question, not only for residents to identify, but for RPD. So Mandy, what kind of qualities do you think make for a resilient resident? I think Olivia and Sydney really nailed it on the head. But, you know, I would just further emphasize that I think, you know, self-reflection is really, you know, one of the cornerstones to professional development. And, as I think Katie and I can attest to, once you leave the the residency program, you're no longer sitting down on a quarterly basis with someone and having the opportunity to flesh out your feelings and reflect on how you've done in the last quarter. So really focusing on building strong self-reflection skills is so important to know where you're at as an individual. When do you feel like you need to take time off? When do I need to plan my calendar accordingly for good time management? So I think that those self-management skills really can't be emphasized enough. So a lot of that comes down to knowing your strengths. You know, what are your opportunities for growth? What are your triggers? You know, what does it look like to yourself when you're starting to get stressed and kind of starting to spiral a little bit? Also knowing your support system and what that looks like. So I think that those are all really key elements so that people know how to advocate for themselves and be appropriately assertive. I think in particular, you know, something that we really focus on is that I think often residents very understandably come into the year as yes people. Anything that is asked of them, they say yes, and they continue. And then as I'm meeting with them, I'm scratching my head saying, how on earth are you going to accomplish that in the next week? That sounds outlandish, but they don't yet feel comfortable and in a place where they can 
you know, push back, so to speak, or really just speak their truth and say, hey, you know what, I don't think that that might be feasible in the next seven days, you know, is a 14 day timeline more reasonable. And so I think that that when I start to see that in my residents, I know that we're shifting, we're shifting into a place of better resilience, better self management, where they can really recognize in themselves, what is feasible, when do they need more support, when can they ask for help. Um, And so really starting to practice some of that language as resident trainees with, you know, the support of their mentors and their program directors and preceptors and so forth is so very important. So, um, but I I love the, also the pulse check um, that they brought up. I think that that learning to do the pulse check with yourself, like really instilling that beyond, you know, whomever you're speaking with or, or sitting down with, but, you know, keeping that in mind for lifelong learning uh, for yourself, I think is uh, of key importance. I can't tell you how many head nodding moments I've had during this whole discussion. And I really am so excited to have been a part of this. So I wanna say thank you to our uh, speakers today. That's all the time we have. And I wanna thank Mandy, Olivia, Sydney for joining us to discuss residency well-being and resiliency. If you haven't had the chance, I encourage you to visit wellbeing.ashp.org where you learn more about our partnership with the National Academy of Medicine, resources to promote wellness and strategies to manage burnout. Please be sure to join us here each month for more on wellness and resilience. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP.